Inside Books with Breda Brown. Welcome to Inside Books, a programme about the magical world of writing. I'm Breda Brown and in each episode of Inside Books we chat to people associated with the world of books, including well-known authors, publishers, editors, agents, critics, booksellers and more. You'll find Inside Books on all audio platforms and our Twitter handle is at InsideBooksIRE where you'll also find lots of other interesting books news. My guest today is Irish author and book editor Alison Walsh. As an author, she's written a best-selling non-fiction title as well as four novels, while as a book editor, she's worked with HarperCollins and Orion in the UK, while in Ireland, she has worked with Gill Books and is now a freelance editor. Alison is also a regular contributor to the books pages of the Sunday Independent. Alison... Your career, it's been absolutely steeped in books, writing and literature. Did you purposely pursue that career or did you fall into it? No, I completely fell into it. Um, I actually trained as a social worker, would you believe? Yes, I did. And uh, I went to UCD and I studied social science and um, I did an internship in a children's home in London with teenagers and uh, that nearly broke me now. I'd say that 24 hour shifts. That was very, very interesting. And yet, funny, I was talking to somebody about it the other day. We were talking about it and I said the kids were great. Mm. They were just great kids. And you just some sometimes I wonder now where they might be or what they're doing or how they got on. But in the at the end of the day, I think I decided it wasn't something I could be objective about. I would just, I I think I felt it was something that was too, I would be too emotionally invested in Mm. it. And uh, so I decided that maybe it was time to think about something else. So I went to live in Paris for a year. As you do. As you do, (laughs) to think great thoughts. Uh, I was pretty much down and out in Paris. (laughs) Uh, I lived in a a hostel, actually, with a whole lot of other French people. I was the only non-French person there. And I taught English and uh, thought about what I might like to do. And at the end of this year, I could think of nothing except I like books. Right. And I, the thought came into my head. I thought, oh, what am I going to do with my life? And then I thought, well, I've always liked books and I like reading. So maybe there's something in that. So in that's actually what I did. And at the time, the wisdom was if you were a woman, you went into uh, an editorial department as a typist, mm. as, a, as an editorial assistant. There was a different path for the guys, but the women were all advised to learn typing. And to get go in that way as an editorial assistant. So I went to a typing school at the bottom of Camden Street that I think is long gone now. And I used one of those giant, big, clunky typewriters and uh, I learned to type and then I got a job. Um, Harper Collins, and the, but that was in the UK, was it? Did you? That was in over? the UK. I I knew there were there was a very very slim chance of getting work in publishing here. I also was a bit of a wanderer at that stage in my life, and I felt I didn't really. I wanted to experience something new, and I knew publishing in London was London, New York were the places where it all happened. So I thought, well, I'll go for London. So uh, I had relatives living there as well and family. So, you know, I had some connection to the city. So I got a job in uh, Harper and Row, as it was, which was just before it became HarperCollins. Rupert Murdoch, I think, had just bought it. And at the time, we were all little satellite buildings all over the city. Uh, and then we 
joined together into what we now know as the kind of those big multimedia conglomerates. So that was all happening, that shift from that genteel world of publishing to the much more commercial side of things was happening at that time in the late 1980s. And did you progress fairly quickly in there? Well, I actually would say I moved around. That was the brilliant thing about working for a big firm is that uh, you, if you, I wanted to work in what's called trade books. So in other words, your general fiction and nonfiction. Um, I started off actually uh, working with um, uh, English as a foreign language textbooks because I had that experience. So I thought, well, I get it'll get me in the door. And actually, it was great fun working with those books because they're quite complicated to put together. But then I discovered somebody was going on maternity leave in the trade department. And I thought, you know what, I'll take a chance and I'll uh, hopefully if I'm there, something else might become available. And it did. And you did some work in science fiction at one point, oh did you? Oh, God. Well, this was the thing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm only glad now I didn't say no, because at the time I had been working, I'd covered this lovely girl's maternity leave and uh, she had worked in kind of romantic fiction, commercial fiction. Uh, she'd worked on people like Barbara Taylor Bradford and Sidney Sheldon and Craig Thomas and all those big late 80s blockbuster writers. And I, it was fun working on them. But then the only way of staying in the department was editing science fiction. I thought, I don't know anything about science fiction. I had no clue. But actually, it was it was it was brilliant education. Um, I learned all about uh, cyberpunk novels and it was quite an exciting time because there was quite a lot of new things happening in science fiction. And uh at the time, uh, fantasy authors like Clive Barker were like they would have been in the top five best selling novels. So it was quite, quite very, very commercial. So and the editor, the science fiction editor, uh, Jane Johnson, was a brilliant teacher. So uh, I actually learned a lot there. And you moved from there then to Orion, where you worked in literary fiction. So really, you've got a really good rounded background. Yes. Well, I actually, after my sci-fi, my sojourn in, in the world of sci-fi, and it's funny, I there are one or two authors, I still see their books on the shelves now, and I feel sorry for them because I edited their first books. <laughs> and uh, I had no clue. I was, Time Like Infinity was one book I edited. And I had no idea what, what it was about wormholes and black holes and time and science fiction readers will forgive me for this ignorance. But I had no clue. And he was a lovely guy. And uh, so I actually got the opportunity to go back. The, my maternity cover didn't return to work. Right. So I went back to the lovely romance and what we used to call clogs and shawls, which were historical novels, like by writers like Catherine Cookson. And so, and I actually really enjoyed that. That was such fun. So I, I, I would have stayed for an extra three years then in HarperCollins before moving to Orion. So in terms of, I'm, I'm fascinated really about being a book editor, so, which is what you, what you do now with all of that fantastic experience. How does it work? What do you do? Oh, God, uh, I've been doing it for so long now that when people ask me what I do, I have to have a good think about it. I mean, when I started, I would have been copy editing because in, in my day now, it doesn't happen so much now. And I actually think that's quite a good thing. People come from all sorts of disciplines 
to be editors. So you can be a publicist and be an editor. But in, in my day, it was a bit like Dickens, you know, you scratched with your pen. Uh, I was what was called a desk editor. So I would have had to copy edit. I would have had to write cover blurbs. I would have gone up and down to the art department and the production department to see when the books were going to be scheduled. So you spent quite a lot of time learning the craft. And only then would I have been let loose on commissioning. Uh, maybe I would have been given one or two authors to mind exclusively and maybe been given a little something. I remember starting commissioning film tie-ins, actually. Mm. So The X-Files was one at the time. It was a huge TV show. So um, I remember doing that. So that was a great experience. So you learned very slowly how to be an editor in my time, which meant you knew everything. But sometimes you could get a bit jaded by the time you'd got to the top of the pile. So, but when I worked in Orion and Phoenix House, I would have commissioned. So I was on the lookout for uh, what the market wanted. And at the time, Irish writing was huge. It was it was undergoing an enormous boom. London had just discovered Irish writers. So it was, it was a wonderful time to be in publishing. So I kind of moved more into the the commissioning end of things and didn't do so much of the hands-on editing. But when I became a freelancer, I went back to doing what I actually love the most, which is working with the authors to improve their work. And that bond with the author, I'm assuming it's really important. It's very important. Yes. I mean, it doesn't always work. You don't. You, I mean, although I will I, I, honestly, I would say 99% of the authors I've worked with, I've really got on with really well. And I don't say that as a testament to myself. It's just you need to gain their trust mm-hmm. as an editor uh, and to show that you are going to keep their baby safe uh, and that you're not going to bring your own agenda to it. I always look at books and I think, well, what does this book need? Not what do I need or the author. And what what do you do then with the book? So when you get the book initially, do you read it first? Of I all? will read it. I will get the book uh, now. I will read it. I, I'll make maybe I'll just read it as a as a lay person would read it. I'll just read it just to get a sense of it, and then I'll read it again much more closely, and I'll take notes, and I'll take notes on each chapter, so I can remi- remember what happened in particular chapters and then I will make up a sort of a draft observations on the script look reading it again for a third time just to make sure that I've I've got all the the, my view on what could be developed in the novel clear Um, and only then when I've sent some notes would I chat to the author in detail because I always feel some people like to have the chat first and then do the notes I like to do the notes and then have the chat because we've got something to talk about and they'll have had time to look at the notes and digest them and say, OK, she's wrong about that. But she, yes, that's a good idea. Or so, you know, we would use the notes then as a as a as a discussion points. And how do they react then when when they get the notes and you have the chat? I'm assuming you probably get different reactions. Yeah, but actually most writers are only too delighted that somebody's paying attention to their work. Mm. And you would be surprised. And I would say most writers would say that because there are so many writers nowadays that there's nothing worse than being ignored. (laughs) So uh, you've worked so hard, you've spent a year, two years, five years of your life writing this book. So to, to feel that there's somebody else interested in it 
passionate about it as you are, I think will often makes authors feel quite secure and quite, you know, not flattered, but, you know, they, they know that you're they're in safe hands and that. I was going to say, when it comes to editing as well, is it, is a lot of it down to sort of the structure of the book? Is it, or is it down to the plot? Or is it down to the writing itself? Or is it all three? It is. It's all three. I mean, for me, novels, you know, I look at several different aspects of the novel and how they all sort of interweave. So there's no one, it's like interlocking parts. You know, the plot is, is not, it depends on obviously the writer, but the plot is not going to be separate to the characters and their motivations. Um, it depends on the genre if it's a thriller the plot would be a big part of it if it's character based fiction you'd be thinking about the characters and their inner worlds and their motivations which would of course lean on the plot so I suppose as an editor you are trying to stand above and take a, a, a general view of somebody's work and how those pieces all fit together now I know as an editor other editors are quite more, they would be more schematic than me in that they would have a sort of a matrix, if you like, mm. and say, well, this bit, this bit. But I have never, because I, le- I learned a different way, I would always be quite intuitive about the editing and say, well, no, that doesn't feel quite. And did you want to say that? Or, But I would always say to the author, is that what you wanted to say? Because in discussion, you might have an observation and then the author would say, well, actually, I didn't really mean that. And you think, oh, well, what did you want to say? Because that's my job is to help them say what it is they want to say. And how long does the whole process take then to edit a book? Well, how long is a piece of string? I mean, it, it can take, it depends. Some books don't need very long. Uh, some books would maybe need quite a lot of development. So it could take anywhere from two two months to six months, eight mm. months. It just depends, and it also depends on the deadline. You know, uh, the publisher might want the book out at a particular time of the year, so the author and I will know we've got a certain amount of time to work with. And do publishers get you to work with authors? You're obviously a freelance book mm. editor, or mm. do authors come to you directly? No, I generally work with publishers because I found actually that I, once I had established relationships with one or two publishers here, uh, and with one or two agents that that was actually enough because the work is quite working on a novel. It's quite labour intensive and Mm -hmm. can take quite a long time. So um, and then on the nonfiction side, which was kind of a new kind of string to my bow, I would often be talking to the authors in depth and helping them with the writing as well as the editing. So you're, you're talking about months so I would find I had plenty with with publishers, but occasionally somebody will get in touch with me and say, "Oh, so and so put put you in touch." You know, Vanessa, you know, at uh, Inkwell put me in touch with you, and I would do some some individuals. Yeah, and you're I can feel you're passionate about it. You obviously enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, I really do enjoy it. Um, what I there's nothing and I there's nothing I like better than hearing that the author has got the deal or because the way publishing works nowadays is very often the editing is done before the book is sold. So, you know, works in progress are not sold to publishers now. Uh, It's very, very complete and very polished by the time the publisher would see it. So I'll have worked with them, you know, in the hope that a book deal will be forthcoming. So when they get that deal, it's brilliant. I love it. You know that you're a part of it. 
I know when there's nothing, it's, I feel it's like my little chickens have gone out <laughs> and laid a few eggs. <laughs> it's brilliant. And then when you get to see the book on the shelves, obviously. Yeah, no, it's great. No, it really is great. I, you know, and there's, I, and also the really nice thing about it is, and very few people get thanked, but my authors, if they have a launch party, they'll say, oh, thanks to Alison. And so it's really nice, actually. It's gratifying. So uh, I'm quite pleased now that the move from editing, if social work to editing, Worked out. Worked out. Yes, it did, (laughs) didn't it? And then your own writing. So, I mean, were you writing away on the side then over the years or or when did that come to fruition? Well, actually, the the writing came about because I, I, somebody asked me to write a column on parenting for the the independent. It was the Irish independent. Were you qualified for that now? Uh, I was had no qualifications, <laughs> bar having. I had two children at the time and was about to have another. Well so, qualified. Yes, then. well qualified. And she said to me, oh, would you give it a try? And I, I'd never done it in my life, but I thought, OK, I'll give it a lash. And even and when you were working as a books editor over the years, did you not think about writing your own book? It was the weirdest thing. I, it's the one question everybody asks of an editor. Have you ever thought about writing your own book? And I remember thinking, no, why did I do that? <laughs> and it was only when I was expecting my first child that I thought wonder would I be interested in writing so I started to write some truly terrible things that <laughs> <laughs> I I blanch to think about them now but uh, that's actually when I started it was interesting it was when I had children I don't know whether did that make me more creative or uh, maybe better at time management but uh, so I and I started with extending that column that I wrote for the Irish Independent into a book of non-fiction, a memoir of motherhood. Which became a number one bestseller, if it you don't did. mind. It did, actually. It was, it was, they published it very well. They published it around Mother's Day. So it was, it was people's buy for Mother's Day for their mother. And it was about three generations of mothers. It was about my grandmother, my mother and myself and how we parented and... Uh, so and about our relationships, I suppose, as mo- and you know, as women, as mothers. So uh, it, yes, it was. It it did quite well. Actually, I was delighted. Now really and surprised delighted. by the sounds of it. Yes, you know, you're always surprised, and because I'd never really delved into nonfiction before, I'd always been a fiction person. So it was quite a new thing for me. So was it at that point then you said, okay, let's have a go at novel writing? Yeah, yeah. I said, okay, well, I'll try novel writing. Um, but that was, boy, was that hard. <laughs> really, in comparison? Yeah, and it was funny, you know, because being an editor taught me absolutely nothing about being a writer. Right. Um, I was, I thought I would know this stuff uh, intuitively because I was an editor. No, I still, I had to consult Stephen King's on writing. I didn't know which bit of a novel went where in my own head and how to get that out on the page uh, it, I, I had to learn I had to learn like everyone else and that came as a bit of a surprise because I thought surely as an editor I'd have a leg up but I didn't didn't have a clue what I was doing So now you know what it was like for all of those authors you were editing Absolutely. over the years Absolutely and I remember I would often come in I'd say I wish so and so would just deliver that blessed novel and my husband then laughed at me when I, and he said now you know how all those authors felt yeah <laughs> and I do now know so I feel I have a lot more sympathy I see them it, it not I always loved my authors but I see the, the the difficulties of the writing process now more but you didn't make life easy for yourself with the first one because it was what five intertwining narratives and two time frames you like 
yes what were you doing yeah no one <laughs> yes i know i know i don't i don't i i don't know why i took that on but often i think with your first book you can be quite you can be over ambitious you can think okay this may be my first book but i'm going to show the world how it's done you know mm-hmm. so there there's a bit of there's an element of kind of hubris I suppose you know that you think uh, nobody else will have written a novel in the history of novels like I will write a novel and then that you very quickly learn that um, you're not Ernest Hemingway so (laughs) not yet uh, not yet no and that actually it takes a while some writers actually emerge fully formed Mm. but very few most writers like me serve an apprenticeship so how did you go about the publishing deal then? So I had an agent and uh, because I'd actually been working for this agent as an editor and I said to her, look, would you take a look at the nonfiction and just tell me if it's printable? And she said, oh, she said, I, I, that's this is good. I'll get you a deal for that. And she was absolutely fantastic. And I've been working with her ever since. So... Um, and when I wrote the novel, she would have submitted it to a number of people and got no's from a number of people. But Ashet said yes, and they were very keen on it. And uh, that was my my first novel. And you're still with them? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I had. I, I've published my first four books with them. Yeah. And you had a difficult second album. Oh, God, I don't I, I would love to know if there's a writer alive who hasn't had a difficult second novel. Well, interestingly, we've had a couple, obviously, a lot of a lot of authors on this programme. Some said it wasn't the second, it was the third. So just okay. interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Well, I think sometimes if it depends on the way you've had a, your deal has been structured, say, for example, you are a big find. Um, I often think about writers like Sally Rooney, whose first novel is like stratospheric. Uh, um, And then the second novel is even more stratospheric. So it's very difficult to think, well, where do I go from there? But for me, uh, the first novel, it was easy because I knew nothing. But with the second novel, I had all that kind of freight of knowing how these things worked and knowing how a novel was put together. So thinking I really should be doing better with this work. So I think for me, it was very much the difficult second novel. But you were just probably putting extra pressure on yourself and having higher expectations. Undoubtedly. And one thing I would say, and I do think has affected me, is that there is an editor sitting on my shoulder. You know, there is very much for me, there is the the editor is there going, you know, you shouldn't put that there. That's not going to work. So I really, it took me, I'd say until quite recently, um, to kind of get rid of her and to maybe make the transition more to writing. It is quite difficult to keep two, the two in my head. So I find what I actually do now is I will edit and write at different times of the year right. so that I'm clear on a clear track. And you have an, your own editor then for your novels? Yes, I was working with uh, Kira Dourley at Hachette and uh, she would, you know, talk me through the changes. She always had a very good global sense of what should happen with the books. So that was brilliant to get that kind of that perspective, uh, the kind of perspective that I had offered other writers. It is invaluable and you really need it when you're a writer. And you've said before as well, you can't self edit. No, you can't because you don't know. Uh, you really, really don't know. Um, I submitted a new novel to my agent 
and made a few changes to it. And I thought I literally had no idea what she was going to say to me about it. And I thought, oh, God, she's going to say it's terrible. And she's going to say it's but she rang. She said, oh, yes, that's fine. And you're like, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> because I literally, you can't tell. You can't tell. And how did you feel being in that place again where your authors were over those years? Well, it's very humbling. I can tell you, um, but it was it, 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 it was a difficult transition. I think it was a particularly difficult transition for me. I just say simply because I was an editor, but indeed a lot of editors do end up writing. So uh, it, it gave me a real empathy and understanding for writing and just how difficult it can be. Now, when I say difficult, I always kind of amend it by saying. I'm not cleaning loose for a living. Mm-hmm. I'm not sweeping streets. But what I mean by difficult is that every novel presents a different challenge because it's a different set of people, different story, different world. So you have to get yourself back into that world. So in that, I mean difficult in that sense. So what are you working on at the moment? Well, I've just finished this novel, um, which is about a long marriage wearing thin. Mm-hmm. And because I have, it's not autobiographical. I, <laughs> I stress. Say, don't tell your husband. <laughs> I have been married for thirty years, but I, 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 I'm very interested in the long marriage and how and why it survives in today's society when things have changed so much and when there are so much fluidity and change and uh, why do these long relationships endure and do they have any purpose in society? What's it all about? What's so, the answer, Alison? Did you I find out? I have absolutely no idea. But <laughs> when I find out, I will tell you, Brida. <laughs> and on the editing side, then, what are you working on? On the editing side, I'm working, I, I do work with Francis Brennan, the hotelier. And I've worked with him for many years now and we have just it's 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 a, such an enjoyable relationship because he is the easiest man in the world to work with and such fun. So he and I are chatting about his new diary at the moment. Great. So and then I'm not sure. I think I'm allowed to say this. I'm also working on a novel with the playwright Eugene O'Brien. Oh, fantastic. Who is, yeah, who's just a wonderful man. And so because he's worked in film and he's so used to people and drafts and endless rewrites and he is so easygoing. Everything is just fine and, you know, he's just wonderful to work with. Alison Walsh, thank you for joining us here on Inside Books and you'll find Alison's book online or at your local bookshop now. The next episode of Inside Books will be out soon. Just keep an eye on our Twitter feed for details. The handle is at Inside Books I-O-R-E. Inside Books is a unique media production with research by Cleona Plunkett and if you'd like to hear other episodes, just search for us on the various audio platforms forms and don't forget to leave us a rating or review. I'm Brita Brown. Until next time, keep reading. Inside Books is a unique media production.